Hi everyone, the views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in the following podcast belong solely to the host and its contributors. They are not necessarily the views of our employers, organizations, committees, or other group or individual. I'm David Campbell. And I'm Joseph Whitney. This is Brewing with BIM. Where we talk about construction processes, technology, BIM, and beer. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Brewing with BIM. As always, I'm Joe Joe Whitney, and with me is Dave Campbell, and uh, we got Rob Gadbot joining us today. So, uh, Rob, man, um, you're always going to start off by asking, what are you drinking? Uh, Bud Light today. Bud Light today. All right. Watching those yeah. calories. What about you, Dave? Uh, today, I have a, uh, a Hazy Trail Juicy IPA by Ten Barrel Brewing. About like one of those uh, days I'm out here sitting on the water, I'm going to switch my camera here for you guys if i can just uh there we go if you guys can see my nice view so chilling out by the water today and uh thought an ipa might just be uh what it called for <laughs> nice nice man yeah i'm uh, i'm joining in the same boat this is the ipa that i started brewing um for those of you guys that don't know i set up uh, my own brew setup again for like the first time in seven years and about a month ago, I started brewing again, and I got this, I, this IPA that, that could use some more hops. I mean, more, Northwest yeah. has kind of trashed my taste buds, but uh how did right. you, I was going to ask you, how did, how did it turn out? That's good. It needs more hops, though. It needs okay. a little more hops. Yeah, it should have dry hopped or something. But, uh, you know, with the weather being as nice as it is, you know, this is a corona light day for me, man. Should have <laughs> uh, busted yeah. out one of those. Yeah, definitely yeah. one of those. On those hot days, I like the Bud Light, but any other time, I'm an IPA guy through and oh, through. Oh, yeah. So. You got to be, now, man. You're a, you're a Northwester. Well, I'm actually a Midwester. I'm an really? Iowa boy. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're I'm at Iowa. Iowa. I've, uh, Iowa via, I've gone all over the world, but that's where I started out as uh, in from Iowa Hawkeye. I'm an Iowa Hawkeye guy. So. Nice. Right. Heck, yeah. I lived in Heck, Iowa yeah. for a year. Um, oh, really? Yeah, we lived in Cedar Rapids, and um, yep. a, a tornado came by, ripped the roof off of our uh, field house at our school, and my mom goes, all right, we're moving. So uh, <laughs> we uh, relocated to Tennessee for a bit. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Heck yeah. Cool, cool. Yeah. Well, you've, you've, uh, you just mentioned it. I guess it's probably a good, good segue to get into it. You said <laughs> uh, you've been all over the world. And you really have been. You've been so. Uh, I knew your name through the Northwest because of uh, mutual former employers, all that sort of stuff. And uh, before that, or after that, I believe you were in uh, New Zealand, Australia, somewhere, and then back. Yeah, yeah. So, like I said, I'm originally from Iowa, and then um, I married the foreign exchange student in Iowa. So uh, it took me down to New Zealand. So she was from New Zealand. So. Uh, I lived down in New Zealand for off and on for about 20 years. And then um, oh, that's awesome. uh, basically came back to the U.S. about, uh, you know, 10 years ago when my kids, uh, my son was 16 and my daughter was 13. And I just kind of wanted to give them an experience of living in the U.S. They they grew up mm-hmm. in New Zealand. And so I thought, let's uh, let's come back over here. And I did a lot of work in Alaska. So uh, I was commuting oh, from beautiful. Auckland, New Zealand to Anchorage, Alaska every six weeks, and it was just is, getting a bit old. 
So that's where you were based out of was uh, Auckland? Auckland, yeah, is where I lived the last probably 10 years or so. Yeah. I'm obsessed with New Zealand. I love it. Uh, Never been. been. I have never been. I want to go. But like uh, the beauty, like all the scenery and stuff. I had a, um, my my undergrad was at GIS and I had an opportunity to go to Christchurch after big earthquake because they had like a geographers without borders program. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought about it, man. I wanted to go so bad, but uh, I had a kid on the way. It's like, all right, not the best time to to move to another yeah. country. Yeah, know? it's it's Honestly. it's tough. Once you get the kids there, you know, decisions yeah. that you make in life, uh, you have to think about somebody else. So, oh yeah, that's yeah. where that's where it's tough. But uh, yeah, it's worked out Dave, well. Dave, is that your dog? Man? It is my dog. Yes, I got my little Chihuahua mix sitting up here next to me. And uh, I love her to death, but she has so much like anxiety if she's away from her kids that she just has to bark at them. <laughs> so I was like, uh, all right, she can chill up with me because it's in the shade. I'm trying to keep her cool, but at the same time, keeping her away from her kids. She's freaking out. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. So you're back in uh, the Northwest. You're in, I believe, like yes. Camas area. Yep. Uh, okay. Uh, yep. Beautiful. Awesome. You know, love the Northwest. You said you were traveling to Alaska quite a bit. Um, probably a little shorter commute going from uh, Vancouver, Portland area than. Yeah, yeah, definitely was. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was great. I mean, like say we started, I mean, you know, I, I was never a real big fan of wanting to move to New Zealand in the first place. But it was probably the best decision I ever made in my life because um, I got to know when I lived in Iowa, I got to know. um soft desk really well and then it became autodesk uh you know land desktop and stuff like that so there was no one in the whole country in new zealand or australia that knew the product and i actually did because i had been using it and so that's how i got into this business i started working for a reseller and and uh i had no we had no clients because no one knew the product so uh i just had for the first, you know, first year or two, all I did was just dig at a dig into uh, land desktop soft desk, and to, to the point I just knew it like the back of my hand, and and then that got me traveling a lot. So Autodesk would hire me to, you know, go over to places like Singapore and train, and um, a lot of Australia up into Thailand, and so a lot of that kind of stuff. That's awesome. Now even they wanted me to go to uh uh beirut lebanon once it's like well you know this was just after the war had broken out so we thought long and hard about it but it's like yeah no that's uh that's not gonna go for us so we had kids at the time so i wasn't gonna go to beirut too bad so yeah yeah so you've made a name for yourself in other countries but you're also a really big name in the civil 3d side inside of uh the united states um and I heard a rumor that you had a hand in maybe developing a template or something for Autodesk. Is that the case, or? I was the uh, I did the first template for uh, Civil 3D actually. So it's all your yes. fault. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, I did the very yeah. first one. I was hired to do that, and uh, almost all those styles that are still in there today are mine. You know, that <laughs> I didn't do anything after that, but yeah, it was. I don't know what was that back in 2007 or something like that. I don't remember where it was, but yeah. So I did the very first one for them. So, and nice. uh, it's uh, 
still in there. But yeah, it's not all me. I I wanted to change certain things, and they said, nope, this is the way we want this. And yeah, you know, in regards to existing ground and finished ground, you know, I I wanted stuff to be called that, e.g. and F.G. But no, they didn't want that. So. It's all right, man. Uh, most people that I know don't use the stock template anyways. They, uh, they, they take it, they parse out, what is it, like 280 you know, layers or something, parse out a bunch of that stuff, make their own. Um, yeah. There's this whole hybrid methodology where you get it to create layers, you know, with wild cards and all that stuff. So, I mean, like, it's come a long way. It's very powerful. But oh, yeah. uh, I, I do hear your name quite, you know, mentioned quite a bit. Uh, mostly in regards now to your, your tools, you've got these awesome plugins. Dave and I mentioned them quite a few times, at least on the Revit side, Kobe labs. Uh, so you, you're, you got your hand in a lot of different pots, man. Uh, uh, start with Kobe labs, I guess. Okay. Yeah. So well, Kobe labs. So I've, like I said, this all came about in New Zealand, you know, I've been doing training all over the world and, you know, you do classes and people ask you about, oh, doing this and doing that. And and um, so when I was in New Zealand, I owned a reseller down there um, called Team Blue 22. So that was the Autodesk reseller. And we Autodesk hired me to be the subject matter expert on um, a survey plugin for the New Zealand market. And. They hired a company called CGS, which was based out of Slovenia as the developer, but I was a subject matter expert. So we got to know each other quite well. And then I moved back to the U.S. and ran into them at AU and they had their own little product line. And I just told them they needed to, you know, if you really wanted to get it going in the U.S., you need to have a U.S. presence. And next thing you know, they offered me a partnership if I would, uh, you know, be their U.S. presence. So. We started out as CGS. Um, I broke away from that. Uh, the my partners now were the developers, so um, I've got uh, you know four partners basically, and I'm the only one that's not a developer basically. So the, all the others are all developers, and I just give them ideas, and they do all the hard work, and uh, I just <laughs> reap the rewards basically. And people think I'm. Uh, the face of it but honestly the guys in behind the scenes um are the ones that are doing all the darn all the good stuff so oh i definitely know to go to ivo when i need support rather than you man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah definitely on the revit side yeah revit side i just like yep uh, he's the one and uh and then um and then uh, on the civil side we got urush and andre um and they are you know they're great i mean some of the stuff in civil 3d now we develop back in the day when they were with CGS and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, yeah, they're, they're, so what, uh, they know it well. What, what really originally kind of made you get into developing these plugins? What kind of gets you, got you started? The training, the training, really. I just got really tired of telling, you know, users, no, sorry, you can't do that. You know, I wish it could, you know, it's just, mm -hmm. and you know, I, I've always been a fan. So CGS themselves had a large roading package that they sold in Europe mainly. Um, and I, I had looked to kind of sell it over here, but in the end, no one was looking civil 3d or land desktop, whatever it was at the time really had a foothold in. So no one was really looking to switch to a completely different product. 
Mm-hmm. And so I suggested you really just need to make some – you just want to fill the holes, fill the gaps, you know. Yeah. Um, it is what people use here. But, yeah, everybody knows it's not the, the best thing. So the whole idea behind Kobe Labs now is we just try – we really try to listen to our customers and resellers or whoever. If yeah. anybody has an idea, we just build it and put it in the product. No charge yep. to anybody whatsoever. Um, you know, we know, you know, we're – we're like one tool away from uh, from everybody absolutely having to have that software. I mean, yeah, it's yep. it is. I mean, but it's awesome, dude. I love I love the feedback that option that you guys have. Honestly, the feedback like that you can leave, and then you guys have a poll that kind of gets generated from those those options or ideas that people have, and you can actually generate tools into, into the into the toolbars themselves. I think that's fantastic. Yeah, really great support. You guys are yeah. very responsive. You and I did a demo, and I think like right after the call, you got back to me like, "Oh yeah, we're building it in, you know, we're working on it." And then like maybe it was two weeks later, you let me know that it was already built and it'll probably be in the next release. Uh, it was awesome. Like you guys are very responsive to feedback. It's it's amazing. Yeah, and that's the thing is, I mean, we don't have a. I mean, if we know it's going to help us uh, sell software, that's bottom line. That's what we're trying to do. And we don't want to nickel and dime people, stuff like that. That's what kind of separates us from our competition. When we build something, we just put it in the set of tools and they get it, you know. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're notified through, you know, the menus that, hey, the new tools out there, you know. I, mm-hmm. You know, bottom line for us, you know, I'm, I've always said to my team, you know, I'd rather have 10,000 customers out there paying us $100 a year than having 1,000 customers out there trying to get you know a thousand dollars a year out of them I'd, I'd rather have more customers you know and, yeah. and not yeah. charge them much keep our prices down they like keep coming back give us ideas we just make it yeah that's a good strategy i've seen a few different things where like um you know they'll probably give away the base level tools for free and then if you want like the really robust stuff without ads you got to pay a boatload of money for it or you got a reseller who develops somebody develops some tools or they they bought them from some, you know, bought another developer that had them, no names. But, uh, uh, um, and then they charge like out the butt, you know, for, for those yeah. tools. I like your, your methodology better. It's always, it's, it's, uh, very agile and you're adapting constantly to what people want. I love it. And, yep. and I'll be honest with you, we're lazy, you know, because <laughs> believe me, if we had separate products, then it's just more work for us. Oh, okay, we got to get a license for that product, and we just want to license everything. I mean, yep, in the yep, end, yep. I mean, somebody buys a, you know, a Civil 3D, they get they're gonna have the AutoCAD tools if they want it. If they also use Revit to have the Revit tools, I mean, we don't, you know, it's just easy. It's easy for yep. us, and that's what we're all about, you know. And hopefully, people see that, you know. Awesome. Awesome. So right now, what would you say, like, the biggest, like, two features or something like that? Like, what, what would be the biggest things that you've seen requested in, in, in let's say, Revit or Civil 3D? So, you know, Revit-wise, I mean, we're always want everybody's wanting us, and we're going to do it. I mean, but uh, uh, keynotes are probably the biggest thing that people have been asking for a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Evo's got a great idea about doing it more of a cloud-based kind of a thing. Um, okay. So. That'll definitely be coming. Um, he's working on a lot of Power BI stuff right now, so it's got some pretty crazy stuff that's going to be coming yeah. out. Awesome. Um, so that's it. Um, on the civil side of it, um, corridors is 
you know, everybody's always got something with corridors or pipes that are coming. I mean, the the civil stuff is actually the stuff that's going like super, super well, because mm-hmm. in the end, there's a lot of competition for the Revit stuff. There's a lot yeah. of lot of companies out there developing stuff for Revit, but you could count all the people doing the civil stuff on your hand, basically. I mean, there's not a lot of people out there really concentrating on it. So yeah, yeah. that's what we're, that's where um, it's going well. I would really like to try to come up with something and I just need ideas, but something on that, uh, you know, the cloud based um, for civil stuff, you know, whether it be helping them with costing or design i mean you know mm-hmm. i'm yeah. not talking for works or anything like that i'm talking something like almost like uh can we mention company names here i don't know if you're allowed to yeah. do that but we, like we do we just try not to mention ours you know yeah so like 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 the pro cores the the you know the bim 360s kind of there mm-hmm. but i mean yep. all of these kind of things but there's not a lot out there for civil there's just not yeah. a lot out there for the civil market. And nope. I just think that's where we want to go. But I'm, you know, I need to talk to people to figure out what they really want. And, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So I yeah, think dude. QTO is a, is a big, big piece on, on the civil side, right? I mean, to yep. do it in civil 3d is a pain in the butt. You got to build these material library. It's just a pain in the butt to set all this stuff up. But if yep. you have it set up and it can tie into your, your job costing and all that stuff, it seems like it might be a smart, smarter way to go. If we're talking road projects and heavy civil, it's usually like um, heavy bid or something. So having an integration with that. Yep. Me personally, as a BIM 360 fanatic, I would say, uh, you know, if there's a way to tie into the cost module, I don't know if that API is available yet for BIM 360. No, I don't think so. Much, but uh, Not with civil. It might be worth looking I, into. I've seen, you know, one thing I've been waiting for is um, work packaging with, like, the design collaboration for Civil 3D. If they can start creating packages when they save, sharing that information, comparing, you know, all that stuff, consuming those um, updates, you know, to the reference files. I want to see that um, in terms of BIM 360. And then as soon as we can, pushing that more into the cost, into the field workflows, you know, the field and um, project management workflows, I think would be fine RFI submittals, but in terms of costing, no, you're not really seeing anything like that for, for QTOs on taking off surfaces, recognizing subsurfaces and, and giving us like the, the bitmus surface or kind of what have the poorest surface, anything like that. And we can kind of do, you know, analysis on even runoffs. Imagine if you could do surface like runoffs in the cloud, that'd be a great, mm-hmm. a great feature, especially as the designs update. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, we've been looking at, we were just playing around, Evo's really getting into the Power BI, so I gave him a few examples, like, oh, you know, on Civil-wise, if we could do this, this, and this, so, you know, mm-hmm. just on uh, yesterday, we exported out some data out of Civil, and, you know, I was getting Power BI reports out of this thing, and it was, you know, might say, you know, I want to see the volume of, uh, you know, uh, base course from Station mm-hmm. You know, two plus zero zero to this, and boom, I'm getting the pie charts, and you know, we'll look That's at it. Awesome. Get cross sections. I mean, I'm hopefully we can come up with something that'll just let people allow them to, you know, with Forge in the background, seeing if you yep. were viewing the models and stuff like that, and it'll definitely integrate with something like a BIM 360 too. Yeah, heck yeah, man. That's that's the way to go. I mean, I think as as much as we're going up to the cloud. And the more that we can help visualize and, and extract that data from the model as it changes, 
the better. It's only going to improve our process. Yeah, I think I think uh, what's going on today, like COVID and all that stuff, is making everybody appreciate cloud technology a little bit more. So uh, we were already starting to move that way with construction technology, but uh, I think it's kind of forcing that mindset a little, little faster. So you guys adopting it with uh, Power Mm -hmm. BI um, and and, uh, Civil 3D and stuff, and pushing that stuff out to other people. That's a smart way to go. I saw your Revit plugin for Power BI, and that is that is smooth, man. I'm I'm a fan. Can't wait for it. Looks great. Yeah, Yeah, it does. Yep, it's pretty cool. Yeah, and it's like say, and uh, you sent me a link of something and. And Evo happened to look at that, and he's like, oh, no, I can make something a lot better than that. And, you know, like I say, we're working with a very large, you know, company that builds all these sports stadiums and stuff. And he saw what we're doing with the on the Forge and stuff like that, so wanting to kind of um, tie it in there. So it should be a should be a pretty cool thing. So yeah. hopefully so, it'll, it'll be out. So I, uh, Kobe Labs, you guys had um... – you know, I sent you the link. You mentioned you, you already saw it, but it was that Augie World. You guys were the first mentioned application yep. under the Civil 3D, which is awesome. Uh, everybody loves your tools. They're they're fan, fanatic, uh, fantastic. Um, you guys have some true fans with it. But that said, you just mentioned something about Forge, and I know you guys are doing some stuff with Forge with uh, another product that you that you work on. Uh, iConstruct. Like I mentioned earlier, you got your hands in a lot of pots. Um, yep. So so tell us about iConstruct. Yeah, so so I construct the whole and I construct's kind of a funny thing because a lot of people don't actually haven't heard of it or whatever. You know, uh, I was wondering when I was going to get the invite to this call. You know, because we're talking BIM and I construct is probably the BIM software on the market, but a lot of people don't really know about it. But I work for um, uh, I construct. Been working for them for. I don't know, seven or eight years now, uh, and um, I brought Evo on board too. Who mm-hmm. Toby left, but it's a lead developer of uh, iConstruct. So iConstruct is a bolt-on to Navisworks. Um, we've been around for you know nine years as a commercial product. The the product as a whole. Uh, can you guys still see me? I or hear me? It's kind of frozen. Yep. I didn't know if it's still. Yeah, you yep, cut in and out you. for a little bit, okay. but you're, it's coming across. All right, good. So uh, I construct as a whole. It started as an in-house product in Australia, down in Perth. So they were a it was called PDC, Perth Drafting Company. They built this in-house to give them a competitive edge. Then a local reseller, um, they were doing. Look to try to sell this thing. So that's how it came about as a commercial product. So it was an in-house product that they built, and then we started selling it. So it's an add-on to Navis. I mean, our bread and butter right now is clash detection. Um, uh, but I'm going to move closer here. That says I probably need to get closer to the Wi-Fi. Um, clash detection is our bread and butter by far. Uh, but now we're really getting into more in the oil and gas industry, and that is where the cloud-based cool. stuff is coming in. So mm-hmm. we've got a, um, a thing called Genesis, which is built on Forge, um, and it's going to be built for the advanced work packaging. And, oh. uh, but the, the Genesis is, is, is pretty cool. That sounds very cool, man. Joey and I just did an episode, what, like uh, 
three weeks ago, Joe, where we were talking about advanced work packaging and how it can affect the, the design and the construction industry. Yeah, yeah. It's it is, and it's like this whole methodology. It's not just about a product. Like there's a lot that goes to it, which is awesome. Uh, I just I feel so I feel like an idiot because I don't know enough about it. Uh, oh, because yeah. it, it's it's like lean, right? It's you you could say you could say some keywords, you could say some things about it or BIM or whatever, but to know the whole process is uh, might take a while. I don't know. There's, there's For me, I think of, it's yeah. just it's a concentrated process. I think it's a concentrated process. I think that's really what it is, 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 is learning how, what data is needed where and how to get it to those individuals in the best format. That really is what, what and, and that's where we're trying to go, right? As an industry, that's one of our biggest kind of missteps a lot of times is, is communication. And then, of course, um, making sure people have their needed data so they're not wading through um, needless drawings or needless sheets or let their stuck to updates, you know, or two revisions back, you know, different things like that. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's a great, I think it's a great idea. And I think the, the more that we move towards it, the more that we continue to kind of develop um, into it, the better we can kind of push. Uh, I, I think our, our processes, our timelines, right. I think, I think everything gets better and better. You, you mentioned oil and gas there. Is that uh, particularly because of the complex nature of the projects? Well, AWP itself, Advanced Work Packaging, is really, I mean, there's a whole Advanced Work Packaging conference that goes on, you know, usually one down in Houston. They have it over in Europe and stuff like that, where Houston's Mm -hmm. where, you know, your oil and gas companies are based. So um, there's a huge conference on just AWP, just trying to push Advanced Work Packaging. And and when you're talking about piping and oil and gas, I mean, that's really where it comes into play. Um, the the Genus, or we actually have this product that's going to be coming out called, our, you know, it's our control panel. But basically, we've working with a, um, you know, large oil and gas company in Milan, Italy right now. And um, they saw iConstruct before any advanced work packaging. They saw the stuff that we're doing with it. And then, you know, kind of the lights started flashing in their head saying, hey, you know, we think we, you know, maybe there's something we can do here. And so the idea in regards for them, I'm not going to mention the company name, but basically, you know, they, when they're doing the oil and gas stuff, they get all this material, you know, they got all their pipes and their elbows and stuff, and they're getting stacks and stacks of them, you know, and they want to just know what is ready to be built. What can I go into the shop and start building right now? And that's basically what they're doing, saying, hey, we're tying into all their material databases, their engineering databases, so they can actually say, well, you know, here I've got a thousand pipes in this model right now. Can you show me all the pipes that are ready to be built, you know, that you have on site and elbows? So instead of my guys in the shop sitting there waiting with nothing to do, we're going to go ahead and say, let's start building this right here, even though it's nowhere near this piece over here. But they can at least be building it in the shop, getting it done. So yeah. Yeah. it's uh, it's going to be pretty cool what we're doing. and. And, uh, you know, we've got a few pilot companies, you know, three companies right now piloting it. So hopefully we'll have something that's going to be released later this year. I, I've uh, worked with a lot of MEP firms, not, not you know, particularly in oil and gas. I do, do work with a few of those. But um, the biggest thing is, you know, in the shop, once it's fabricated, tracking it afterwards, do you have any functionality for 
uh, like barcoding or, or anything like that of individual parts and keeping track of it, tagging into stuff? Or is it all specifically about what can we build today? Uh, we kind of have some, uh, we do have the ability in iConstruct to create, uh, you know, some barcodes and stuff like that. We have been talking with a few companies about trying to, you know, do that, you know, having them, the, the biggest issue for us, we're happy, we can do it. Absolutely. But who's creating the barcodes? I mean, I could create you a company, a thousand barcodes, but who's going to be one of the person to go out there and say, oh, this is for that piece. Where's it at? You know, go. You know, so we have to work with the company that creates the barcodes and say, you know, when you when you scan, when you create that barcode, that it will go into our system. So that's yep. the holdup. It's not really on our end. It's really who we're going to work with that's creating the barcodes. Yep. Gotcha. Gotcha. Heck yeah. All right. Communication. I think yeah. that's an awesome process too. like, well, being able to go out and scan it really um, what I think is kind of ideal is taking a, 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 you know, a barcode, a scan kind of thing, and then you can actually navigate like a 3D model viewer to that exact piece and, exact, and, you know, where it is in that model, that pipe system, and maybe get a tag or, you know, you can see what type of pipe that is or that, of course, the pipe type and then follow. So I used to work in uh, paper mills in Valparaiso, Indiana. I, I worked for a paper mill. And a lot of times you'd see tags hanging off these lines to let you know kind of what they are and, and kind of know where to follow it for maintenance purposes. If you're looking for this specific valve or anything like that, it, you could have an idea of where to go. I think tying that information to the 3D model itself is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, we used yeah. to do some stuff with that. I don't know if you guys remember the old field and glue workflow where if you start with a, a model and you push up to uh, glue and then you connect it to field, you can actually create, create um, equipment tracking and actually have um, uh, barcodes and all that stuff attached to it, so so we would be able to like scan and have everything consolidated or or know where it's at or know know like all the information associated. We know the commissioning data, uh, all that sort of stuff. It would be all tethered essentially to one piece. We would know where it is in a room. We could we could uh, you know figure out that this package belongs to this section of the building delivered over there to help with logistics. There's a lot of cool yep. stuff there. Have you guys explored? And this is probably just a uh, a Hail Mary question, but has anybody looked at the new asset uh, module for BIM oh, 360? Oh, BIM 360? Yeah, heck yeah. yeah, dude. That assets module is pretty cool. I mean, you have to go in there and generate, obviously, kind of what you want, like your categories, subcategories, but recognizing the element IDs, the categories, and breaking it down in that instance already gives us a foot up. And I, I, I just, I'm excited to see it as it continues to grow. So yeah, I, um, I haven't had much to do with it yet, but that's definitely we're we're doing more and more with the integration with BIM 360. Um, you know, right now we're doing more with the docs, um, but uh, I can see us going farther. Like say with our Forge platform, working with the BIM 360. Yep. Heck yeah. Oh, I this is actually making me think of. Have you guys got to play with Assemble yet? Yes. A little bit. Yeah. We bit. You so, and I play with it. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I've been getting more and more into that and kind of learning like the uh, the BIM takeoffs and, and, you know, just what you can do quantifying the data when you push your model up and you publish it when you sync it, you know, creating those bid packages, actually being able to take a, uh, a barcode through the mobile version. You can actually take a barcode and take a picture of it. It'll scan it and recognize it and tie it back to that element right in that BIM model and that 3D viewer. 
the more we can kind of push into that process, dude, I think it's going to help us again, get a better foothold with advanced work packaging and kind of pushing forward towards um, just utilizing the data that's there. Right. Can't wait till these are all just on one platform and not, I not can't separate either, man. programs. <laughs> like they're just they're just one and everybody puts a hook and forge. And you're to done. Standard it, standardize it. Let's go. Yeah, that's that's where it's all this is it's all great. You know, I mean I absolutely you know, I've heard great things about Assemble. I haven't had anything to do with it. I've heard bad things, you know, just like anything. But mm-hmm. the biggest thing that people have the issue with is that it's just not they don't talk to each other that good that that well yep. you know yeah and yep. uh i mean that's really kind of where navisworks came into it you know at the starts hey you know we don't talk to you guys but hey we'll bring in your model and we'll bring them all together and yeah once they sort that out you know yeah but it's know, all about aggregating data in the sense of navisworks yeah. and yeah there's still i mean every every almost every plugin you see still I mean, every these these softwares that should connect through workflows, it's still a disconnected process. Yeah. You still have to hit this button. You still have to say, OK, I want to publish this information. This is where I want it to go. This is the model I want it to go into or this is the package that I want to create. You know what I mean? It's still a yep. it, it's still a disconnected workflow. Yeah, there's a lot of band-aids on, on, on pretty much all software. Before we started this call, Rob, you had mentioned that, uh, uh, you know, software you know, it doesn't do everything you want it to do. And, um, you know, like you guys kind of stepped in with your, with your tools, or I guess it was after we started recording, you guys stepped in and started, you know, you got sick of hearing, no, it doesn't do this. It doesn't do this. And and figuring out, you know, having all this disconnect between software to me is almost like the same thing. It's like, Oh, I wanted to just, you know, automatically do this, but instead of doing, you know, doing it that way, I have to save it out to three different formats and then convert it and, you know, pump it up this way and then, you know, turn on the ACS connector or whatever it is and have them mm-hmm. sync data. It's just a pain in the butt. It'd be nice for everything all to be one. And you guys yeah. as a developer, though, stand in a, a pretty, pretty weird spot. Like, do you do you start developing for the program as it is today? You know, with the forethought that, hey, three years from now, this is going to be a totally different. It's not going to connect the same way. Or do you just have to, like, you know, take a step back and say, all right, let's just wait for it to get there before we start working this piece out? Yeah, that was a that was a tough one with Navisworks because you know we've always been in the frame of mind that you know Navisworks it's uh, you know it's been around it's old technology you know Autodesk hasn't really been adding more uh, stuff to it for years you know and that's our lifeline you know for I construct at the moment it's like it's on top of Navisworks so if Navisworks yep. kind of goes away. Hmm. You know, so um, so we've realized, you know, we've got to start doing something, you know, to go on to Forge and start doing BIM 360 and stuff like that, because Navisworks probably won't be around forever and ever. But right now, I mean, we went to Manchester in um, England, uh, met with Autodesk a few years ago, and they, you know, they we were more concerned about it. You know, it's like, hang on, Navisworks, you know, what's going to happen to this? And they're saying they themselves thought, hey, it was, would start winding down. But sales were increasing, you know, that yeah. more and more people were buying it. So it was kind of a kind of a shock to them, really. You know, that was five years ago. Um, and it still seems to be going strong. You know, people still use it in the industry. And, and we just have a niche. We really have a niche that we do a lot of things that a lot of people don't do um 
And uh, so it's, you know, it's, it's, it's going well, it's going really well. So, so before I jump into, the, there are two great things that you guys do outside of the core functionality of product. There are two amazing things you guys do in Navisworks that I, I really want to hit on. But before I get on that though, um, Nav, you know, Navisworks is interesting for Autodesk because prior, prior to Navisworks, Autodesk didn't really have a leg in the, in the actual physical construction environment. Right. No. So GC's, yep. you know, they didn't really have a hand in design. They didn't care about having a seat of auto AutoCAD. They said, give me the PDF or print out some, some plans. And that's, that's it. I don't need anything beyond that. But as coordination started to take off and Navisworks, you know, went like gangbusters, uh, mm. Autodesk has now seen the, 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 you know, the proverbial, you know, golden pot at the end of the rainbow. Uh, now they're saying, oh, actually, there's this whole market of construction that we've been overlooking. This is where BIM 360 is going to kind of start fitting in. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, we already see where we're at with coordinate and stuff. But it'll be interesting to see yeah. how Autodesk tweaks the BIM 360 cloud or whatever it's going to be called five years from now and, and yep. fits that into construction more to, to better own the construction space. But oh, yeah. before we dive down that rabbit hole, so two things that I really want to hit on that iConstruct does that uh, most GCs I chat with say they can't live without your smart IFC export and your uh, DWG export out of Navisworks. Those are non-native functionalities to Navisworks. And you guys do do that. And, and I know people that have just bought the product based off of that alone. Like that was, that was it. They, they didn't care about anything else. It did could save them, you know, hundreds of hours during the year. It doesn't matter what it is, but those two <laughs> pieces were, were everything they needed to do for contracts and whatever. Yeah, we've, it's been it's crazy. I, honestly, I can't believe how many people actually buy our product because of that. So we we now actually have an exporter bundle. So it's uh, you know customers don't have to buy the full entire product. You know, but uh, yeah, we get more downloads and requests for our exporter bundle than we do anything right now. IFC I think is just becoming the standard. I don't know yep. why, but it's becoming the standard now of you know data you know we're back in the in the day i'm a bit older than you guys but uh dxf was the thing you know you send somebody a dxf file almost everybody could bring in a dxf but it was pretty dumb yeah. you know the isc at least gives a little bit of intelligence um but yeah the dwg is really popular one the probably our most popular feature right now though uh, other than like clash and stuff is our reconstruct or i view exporter because these models are getting massive i mean they're unbelievably so much data in these models nowadays yep. where they're getting up to well, gigs. the detail the detail yeah. that we have to put in these models i mean because the more intelligent that we get the more that needs to be modeled or can yep. be modeled for clash detection clash prevention that's the size of that model just going up exponentially man it really is i know when you get these models from somebody from inventor i mean the threads on every single bolt is <laughs> it's just like yeah it's just crazy um <laughs> and so with our reconstructor iview exporter we can break up models into smaller models you know oh, so nice. we can take that gig model and say hey let's break it up into you know eight different areas and it'll create a brand new nwd of just that area and slice everything and but people are buying it to push up into like HoloLens and stuff like that. Ah, that makes sense. Because yeah. ho the HoloLens, the VR, I know you guys are talking about the VR and AR, they can't handle a gig model. No. So no. they use iConstruct now to 
clean up the models, break them down, remove data they don't want, and then push those into their hollow, hollow live or whatever it might be. Yeah, a yeah. lot of GCs that I've worked with, uh, a lot of large GCs that I know, when they're pushing up to their 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 virtual reality, they like they strip everything out of the model, like they uh, they you know paint they run the onto walls. like levels. <laughs> yeah, they like apply apply paint, like they just dumb it down. Like you could have yeah. a, a multi-face wall or something like that, and they're just gonna dumb it down to just one one layer, and they'll just paint over the whole thing. It's just like a layer you can't see beyond it. That way, it's not constantly rendering. It it just makes it easier for it to handle. Yeah. 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 So that's kind of that's been a, a real popular thing for us. And it's even more so from the companies that are, you know, selling the the the, the 3D and or um, like Visualive and mm-hmm. all those guys, you know, because they're the ones producing software to to look at these models. But then their models are the models are just they too can't big. handle it. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's crazy. No. So, the rendering so, rates, I'd imagine, are pretty insane. Yeah. yeah. So, so you had um, recently, probably within the past two years, put out uh, a new clash detection tool because. Yep. Uh, so you have this. First off, backing up, iConstruct has this amazing clash detection tool that allows you to automate stuff, apply like this template, and do like this crazy stuff. But, but there had been like this niche starting to pop up for like these a lot of lightweight clash detection tools. You guys jumped in that realm. So tell us a little bit more about iClash. So we wanted to, and we came up with it to work with um, the likes of Aconex and Procores and Revitzos and BIM 360s. So everybody's pushing up their issues into all these different products. Well, what they were doing is they were just uploading everything into it, which was then bogging down their systems. You know, they're saying, oh, here's a thousand issues. Well, did you have a thousand issues? You probably only had 20 or 30, but it was easier for them just to upload it. So we wanted, we wanted, you know, I guess kill two birds with one stone kind of thing is we wanted to come up with a lightweight, um, easy to use clash module. But we also wanted to give them the ability to start doing this uploading um, to these different platforms. So, um, so we came up with Clash, and Clash basically is it's you, it's basically three tools. You you group your clashes. We have an amazing review tool, unbelievable, to where you can actually look at your clashes. Oh, yep, let's grab use your window, just window five of them, say group those together, and then. Put a checkbox once you've done that, say that is one that's an issue that will be uploaded. So as you're walking through, it's not just automatically going to upload those. You've got to actually, oh, yep, assign it to somebody, change a status or something like that. Then it knows it's an actual real issue instead of just saying, hey, here's a thousand of them. Let yeah. you let everybody kind of sort them out. But, yeah, it's, it's been going great. You know, it's, uh, you know, it's a lightweight, you know, inexpensive um, but just real user-friendly product. That's a uh, that's uh, a very smart path to go down, especially as we dive more into these uh, integrated co- coordination tools that are all about assigning and, and tracking and all that stuff, rather than just creating a list and then you know screen sharing, posting stuff in Bluebeam and hope people get it. Yep. But actually having a, a link to somebody saying, "Look, Steve, these you know six clashes are yours. Deal with it." Like that's a that's a very I mean, that's like the next evolution in BIM. It's very as, powerful. As we get there. It is. Yep. 
So yeah. definitely ties into what you were saying earlier about iConstruct being a true BIM tool. Yep. Yep. Definitely it is. I mean, we, you know, like say, just Navisworks as a whole brings in all these different data formats, but you know, what we, the things that we can do with it, Navisworks, let's be honest, what's it do? It's a viewer and clash detection. That's it. But we're talking BIM information modeling. There's so much information in these models that you can't access. Well, iConstruct says, hey, you've got you got data in there. Let's do something with it. Let's generate some reports. Let's get some QTO out of it. Let's do all sorts of stuff. I mean, the data is there. Let's use Navisworks more than just a viewer and class detection. So that's kind of what we did. So. Yeah. I think we need to dive more in, into iConstruct, Dave. You, you and I had these uh, these links, and, and we downloaded it, and then we got new computers. Yeah, expired. Then... Yeah. Man, I, I, I tried to go back the other day, and I couldn't I couldn't download it. I, I mean, I go through a new computer, I think, every two or three years. <laughs> every, every, every two or three years, by the end of that time span, my computer's like, dude, give me a break. <laughs> well, yeah. it was literally like a week yeah. after you had given me that link. Uh, to download. I downloaded it. I installed it. Uh, I didn't have time, but then, you know, the, the following week or a week and a half later, IT sent me a new computer, said migrate into this yep. new machine. And uh, <laughs> I was like, oh man, all right. I got in there and I just, and then uh, it was, yeah. I don't know, maybe about a month or two ago, I was uh, chatting with Dave and I was like, man, I need to get back into iConstruct. I, I never, yep. never got to really do anything with it. And uh, I really want to play with the guys. You showed off at AU because you, you guys are always at AU, AU right? Yep. Yep. Um, you always have a booth. Yep. You uh, you were showing me some stuff with BIM 360, BIM 360 integration. That was uh pretty awesome. Is that is that already existing in iConstruct or is that coming or? That's coming. I mean, we're basically yeah, we've been we yeah we work very closely with Autodesk. Also, they kind of you know we have weekly meetings with them and kind of you know we're kind of the roadmap in a way of stuff that we're doing with Navisworks, but. Uh, you know, they would like to see us doing a lot more with the BIM 360. So we've got a few things going with it. And then, like I say, we got the cloud version coming of a product called Genus. We call it Genus. And uh, that should be out hopefully later this year. Cool. Yeah, uh, Autodesk is actually starting to uh, ramp up development. So uh, Coordinate was, you know, kind of off on its own for a bit. But they've grouped the teams, the Coordinate and Collaboration team together, uh, so the design and the uh, um, the, the coordination team are, are all one now. Um, work with a few people on that team for beta testing. And um, ever since they, they kind of linked up and joined together, we've seen like this rocket ship take off with what Coordinate's starting to do. Now we can do coordination based off of uh, uh, Revit models with our through our design. Yep. You know, design through the package. project like, files instead of plan yeah. files. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so much stuff is happening, and that's going to open up. Um, you know, endless possibilities if we're not just limited yep. to the way that plan files work. Man, I'm waiting for the I'm I'm waiting for the day we connect that back to the model. So when they're actually going through and modeling, if we can take these links and connect them together, and as they're modeling, say, no, you've got a clash like prevention, class prevention, not only clash like detection. Like if, so, if we can get ahead of it when the design is going on itself, as we connect these models together, and it gives you a little warning signal like, hey, this is a clash. Awesome. I don't want to bring up another third-party developer here, but there is a tool out there that does this. Do you guys uh, uh, do anything with um, with that in, in Revit yet? Where uh, as you're modeling, it'll tell you, look, you can't do that. There's a 
there's an issue? No, we don't. No, well, we've thought about it. We're like say we're, you know, we've we've got a little. We're, we'll be releasing something with Kobe Labs probably uh, later this year anyway. A little bit of uh, just not clash detection, but just bringing in the clashes from uh, Navisworks. But yeah, I, that would be a pretty cool thing to be able to you know tell you ahead of time you're going to do it. You know, the biggest oh, yeah. issue we come across is just. When you're getting these models from different sources, so if you're doing it all on Revit, that's one thing you can yep. do some crazy stuff in there. But if you've got structural model from Tecla and stuff like that, that makes it a little bit more difficult. Yeah, it does. Yep, it really does. And that we we have to find a good way to aggregate all that data in the cloud. And I think that's really where they they might go with coordinate because I mean Navisworks right now is that that's it's the aggregator where we can take in all that different data. But when yeah. you start getting into the cloud, right now we don't have that capability, and we need it. We really do. So, like we mentioned IFCs earlier, we're talking about Tecla. That's the way we'd bring smart data over. Mm-hmm. Um, have you guys been seeing, you know, IFCs were the new standard after DXF and all that stuff. Have you guys been seeing any other file formats start to pop up? Like in Europe, they're big on uh, BFCs and all that stuff. Has that been popping up in your, your field yet or any, any new file formats? Um, it's... Um, BCFs are actually becoming uh, more and more popular, but that is more on, you know, that's more your viewpoint and stuff like that. So, you know, we have a BCF exporter also uh, as part of our export bundle um, in iConstruct, but uh, that you're seeing that more and more, but it's also a um, integration. There's a BCF uh, API. So, you know, we're using that BCF API in regards to some of our connections with things like A-Connects and um, stuff like that. So that is definitely becoming more and more popular, too. All right. Well, with that exporter and what you guys are doing there, you're, you're talking about connecting to other, like, A-Connects is a project management tool, I imagine, right? They're big in Europe, yeah. if I remember correctly. Uh, uh, Australia, Australia or something. Where yeah. they came out of, yeah. yeah. Now they're owned by... Uh, um, uh, Oh, drawing a blank. <laughs> It'll come to you after we hang up, man. I know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, we're talking about uh, connecting to other, like, project management tools. Um, a, a big thing that's starting to take place now is the uh, the handover to uh, construction or to, uh, to to the owner. We mentioned earlier yep. with, um, ask, you know, BIM 360 assets and all that stuff coming online. Have you guys looked at anything or, or considered anything since you do have all this this great data in, in the iConstruct platform? You mentioned you have all this BIM data. What are you going to do with it? Have you guys looked at possibly like some kind of export to an FM tool? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we're, yeah, we're looking at a lot of different things. You got to, we just need to hire about 20 more developers. Uh, <laughs> you, you and everybody else, man. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we, you know, we've got, uh, right now our, you know, our focus is on, um, Genus at the moment in our new, um, our, uh, control panel, uh, for AWP. And then once that's actually, uh, probably completed, then we're going to free up guys to start doing some other stuff, but we've got a whole, um, you know, forge team now, basically we've got five or six guys just developing on top of forge. And then we've got a the team that's just working on top of uh, Navisworks right now. 
you guys develop so much, man. Every time I reach out to you, I'm like, oh, have you seen this tool over here? What they're doing? You're like, oh yeah, we developed part of that. Or uh, you know, like it's, it's all, you guys are always developing something, which is awesome. You guys yeah, always really jar. know. I love it. Yeah, well, we like to, you know, we try to listen to our customers and find out what they uh, what they want, and um, hopefully, uh, it uh, we can produce it. And the company's Oracle. Sorry, I apologize for that. Who owns uh, A Connects? <laughs> Oracle. <laughs> okay, yeah. So Oracle bought them out uh, quite a few years that ago. That makes sense. Tie back into their whole construction ERP, Primavera yep. Six, all that stuff. Yep. Makes yep. sense. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, uh, is there anything, you know, as we wrap up, is there anything with uh, either iConstruct or Kobe Labs that you want to mention that might be coming out or, or anything like that, that that you feel is worth all of our, you know, fans uh, checking out? Yeah, I think I probably already mentioned them all during uh, <laughs> the, the session or whatever. So, yeah, like I say, Genesis and AWP is uh, definitely going to be coming out on uh, – uh, I construct uh, soon and then our integration with some of these other platforms and then uh, you know with the the Revit we we actually do have quite a few Revit tools that are coming out uh, 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 a very good customer has also given us some tools that they want us to be able to push in there too and so and they're happy for us to, so you know the next release could have you know six eight tools in it so uh, yeah it should be Big pretty release. good all right so, yeah. yeah keep an eye you're, out you're, we chat about your Revit Kobe Labs tools quite often. They uh, they're huge time savers. Being able to end you know edit all the parameters for all yeah. families all at one time. It's just amazing. It's such such a very yeah. easy tool. The the uh, smart sheet the Excel spreadsheet you know. Links. Oh yeah, dude. Just so great. Yep. Yeah. It is. And and like I say, you guys know, but you know we like recommendations and we know people are out there using other tools. We don't. We purposely never look at anybody else's tool. We refuse to do that. We won't copy anybody else's stuff. We just want people to tell us what they want. So if you've got yeah. something and you want it in our tools, then let us know. But we're never going to go out there and look at other people's stuff to see what they actually have. We want to hear yeah. from the customers, what do you want? We always want to make something better. So I, That's a great mindset to have because as you, uh, if you look at somebody else's tools, then you're always back engineering to make it work the same way. But yep, if yep. you, if you, if somebody tells you what you want, there could be a thousand different ways to get there. You're going to choose m- maybe the more efficient way for you today to get there. And you know, uh, three years ago when that original tool was developed by the other, you know, developer, it was developed with whatever tools that were out there, and it may you maybe your way is more efficient. Is what I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my guys. You know, you guys, you guys know Evo and um, uh, Urush and them, and uh, they're 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 foreigners or whatever, so they they don't want to mess, they don't want to upset anybody here in the U.S. So uh, you know, get get the U.S. government after them. So uh, <laughs> yeah, no, gonna, we won't look at anybody's stuff. They're so. great. Yeah. Well, um, you know, thanks for joining us, man. Uh, yeah, this has been dude, this has been fun. I told you it would be pain pain free, man. It'd it was. Easy. It was you're definitely gonna, you're gonna drink painless. Some beer. Once I was. Once I was allowed to drink beer as I went, so that's nice. <laughs> great, great. Well, um, give you guys the back, you know, the rest of your Sunday. It's been great. Thank you guys for joining us. And this is another yeah. episode of Bring with Ben. Like, follow, subscribe, however you guys uh, get to us. Great. Thanks a lot, guys. Really appreciate it. Great working with you guys over the years. Thanks, sir. Thank you.